Mark Silverstein. That's who I am. And Kathy Fowler. We are veteran TV news reporters. We call ourselves recovering reporters who turn to the dark side and now work as PR and marketing gurus. We're excited to welcome our guest today, WTOP reporter Neil Augenstein. Let me tell you a little bit about Neil Augenstein, if you don't know. And you're going to find out a whole lot of stuff about him. He's a reporter, as I said, for TOP Radio. That is the powerhouse radio station in of all news radio across the country. And he is the powerhouse reporter at the powerhouse all news radio station, WTOP. He's been there since 1997, UPI before that, and has covered everything from the Chandra Levy case to 9-11 to the Beltway Sniper to everything that is going on today. Always a fun fact about Neil, not only is he a, a, a member of the mod band called Modest Proposal, but as a reporter, he was the first to use the iPhone as his primary field production device. Neil Augenstein joins us today on After Deadline. I am excited that Neil is with us. He is forsaking his nap to be with us at this time of day. So we are honored just to have that. Neil, good to have you on, man. Good to see you. Hello, friends. Good to see you again. Always glad to, to hear what you are up to and delighted to be a part of whatever it is that you are working on. Well, if you, if you can figure it out, let us know. All right. Whatever you are You're the doing. reporter. All right. So let's dive into this. Let's, let's get a little Neil Augenstein history. When did you decide that you wanted to be in the media? When you wanted to be the iconic Neil Augenstein WTOP well, radio. Well, I went to university, which you may remember uh, because remember. you were my classmate. And I went to school for broadcast journalism. I grew up wanting to be a DJ because I love the excitement of, of radio. I went to, to school. To Neil days? Is that the... the uh, <laughs> I went to, to, to school, and when I graduated with my degree in broadcast journalism, I realized there was a problem. I don't like the news. I found it very boring, especially politics. And I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, what have I gotten myself into? So while I liked the idea of being on the radio, I wasn't so crazy about, uh, about news. It was very complicated. It was very... Boring was very political. So uh, I figured, so I better figure out something. So then I, I started producing talk radio shows, which was a little bit closer to, to the, the entertainment side. Were there shows that we know? I produced uh, Morton Downey Jr., who you might uh, the know. Mouth. Was, the Mouth. The, the Mouth that, that Roared. He's the guy uh, who started all of this. He certainly is. And I produced at the WRC, which was a local talk radio show where Joel A. Spivak speaking and just a whole bunch of other folks and learned about talk radio. Then when, when those jobs dried up, I figured, ah, I, I like radio, but I better start looking for a, a way to, to, to stay employed. And that had a chance to do some news 
with the United Press International Radio Ooh. Network. Who are they? Where UPI the world desk of UPI of United Press International. Isn't that the was that it you? Is. The world desk of United Press International. Yes, the, at one time the most famous wire service there was, even before Associated Press. And the, uh, there, they were on the, They were down on their luck, which may have something to do with with why they hired me. But I got a chance to learn about the news business, and over time, I got to do a whole bunch of reporting in in the Washington area, including covering the White House. And, and and working with with Helen Thomas, who who I'm sure that you remember, and that was my introduction to news. And after a while, I started to like it, and I start and I figured out, you know what, my job if if I can understand something, if I can ask enough questions and be willing to look silly enough in, in asking enough questions until I understand something, maybe I can explain it to others. And that really is the the basis of, of what news gathering is. And then you have to figure out a way to, to tell the story in a relatable way. You can add in a whole bunch of, of, of things that you learned in college that you didn't think were terribly important, like ethics. And that's what sort of how I, got... well, I missed that class. What's what, what's <laughs> uh, that, we that's how the I same one on that it. same class on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Neil, you know, you, you said something really interesting about you didn't really like news. Well, recently there was an article about transforming news is going to is it was it's solutions journalism. I read this article about a lot of reporters even hate to it. You know, it's like such bad news. And 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 they're basically wondering the question is transforming news. And should we should we stop like giving people so much information bad information at one time with no like pot no hope like people need hope like they need air and water to breathe so are we delivering it in a bad way where in a way we're just like shutting people out and instead of engaging them and getting them fired up to like to do something they're just disengaging us turning us off and ignoring us altogether. I don't know. I, that article, obviously, is something you, you probably haven't read, but you might have heard being a nerd from a journalist. He reads articles. He reads articles. Oh, oh, no, no, no. No, I'm just saying he, he, he may not have read that article. But I'm just saying you probably have heard the criticism is, it, why do you guys have to talk about bad news all the time? I just, like, I don't even listen anymore. Of course. There, there's, there sure is a lot of bad news out there. And, you know, a long time ago, even before we started in the business, there was the, the adage, if it bleeds, it leads. And that hasn't changed. You know, that, that still is, is the case. Unfortunately, there's a whole other, there's a lot of life out there besides bad news. And I think that part of what a, a journalist can do is reflect the good and bad of life. And while, yes, it's important to, to tell bad news, it is important. It, it, it makes it it's very valuable for a reporter to tell bad news in context with perspective. I think that it's certainly okay to... to, to infuse a little hope in there and and put things into perspective enough so that bad news doesn't have to last forever. 
I think that that there is the risk of overwhelming people and depressing people so much that you know that they can't stand it. Uh, I I like to to reflect what's happening in in, in the world and 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 when I say the world, I mean my immediate world. I don't you know the world around us, as you know, WTLP. Is a is a local news station, so most of our focus is. I mean, my focus is certainly on on local news rather than international news. But I do think that that reflecting on the good and the bad, and being seen as an honest broker, is about the most valuable thing that that I can do. You, you talked about asking dumb questions or stupid questions or whatever at some point or whatever. Do you remember the, like the worst question you've ever asked at a, at a, cause I remember one I did. So, I mean, I still, I'm still haunted by it. Um, there have certainly been some, some questions that I, that I, I mean, there was one question that I asked, there was a, I guess it was during the Clinton white house and there was the energy secretary, Federico Pena, who was, this was during the Monica Lewinsky scandal. And all of a sudden, he announced that he was resigning. So he held a news conference at, at, the, at the energy department. And I went there and I asked, you know, he, he gave the answer to that, that people, that politicians always give, that he's leaving to spend more time with his family. And I asked... Uh, have you heard anything? Is there any suggestion that perhaps, you know, there's some sort of an indictment or a criminal charge that, that might be spurring this? He answered me, it's questions like this that, that give the media a bad name. The audience erupted in boos for me. <laughs> they, were, they were cheering him it was a lynch mob for the the reporter who was who was sitting there unfortunately none of my other reporter colleagues had the guts to ask a follow up nobody backed uh, you up nobody backed me up so they <sighs> they left me sitting there it became it was on day today new york daily news new york post new york times washington post they all detailed the question uh, that Neil Augenstein of UPI asked. <laughs> so some people were so some people. It was of my a legitimate question. It was a totally legit question. Of course it was. Uh, given hey. certainly given the you know given the, the the climate, Helen Thomas, to her credit, said it was the the question that had to be asked. And so that you know, I always have a, a, a soft spot in my heart for for Helen, even though my editor of the day was was furious with me. You know how you know how could you go out on you know on such a limb to ask that question? Wow. Our jobs, as you know, is is to ask questions, and some of them are are stupid, and some of them are wrong. But we get to ask questions. That's the job. And and if the answer is no, then the answer is no. Hey, and we were always taught as kids, no question is a dumb question. <laughs> no, wait, did you find out later that there was something that, to your question or no? No, no, there wasn't anything to it. And, you know, in hindsight, 
I, in hindsight, what would I have done the same thing today? No, I would, I would have tried to get his, his press person to the side. I would have asked the questions off mic and I, you know, I would have gotten the answer that there was nothing to it. And, and that, that, that's fine. I, you know, I, I'm glad to, you know, I'm glad to, you know, to, to get the answers in, in, in any, you know, in any form. And I would have had less publicity, negative publicity in, in, in this case for that particular question. Well, the I, one I thing your reporter that. hates is to, to be the story. <laughs> You're like, I mean, every now and then it might be okay if they're saying, wow, amazing reporting. But most of the time you're like, no, 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 I'm not the focus. The focus is who I'm writing about. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I you know, I, in, in this particular case, it was, it, it certainly is, is a question that I, that I would have asked off mic if I had the access to the, to the person. And, and for a couple of reasons, first off, if, if you have a great question, why waste it at a press conference where right. everyone else is going to be able to record the answer? Right. That's so, I, you know, I, yeah. I really should have just asked it, uh, you know, off off mic quietly if if he was, in fact, leaving because he was indicted, then I would have had an exclusive rather than just, you know, rather than just being being fodder in in the in the gossip columns for a while i had a boy i had a go ahead kathy go ahead no i i'm I'm like i i did that that just reminds me like those gotcha kind of moments like so many people who don't understand reporters they don't know how we tick they don't get our mindset they think that you know you are trying to make x person look bad because, you know, or you're, you're trying to, you know, go after that person with the tough questions because you agree with, you don't agree with their politics and you do agree with this person's politics. And I, I always try to explain, you don't get it. Like reporters want a scoop. They want an exclusive. That's what they live for. And, it, it, and they want to get the story right. They want to uncover something. They want to tell something that nobody else knows. And they don't care about the politics behind it. Do you have to defend that position or do you have to explain that to people too? Like, do you guys, you don't get how reporters tick. We don't tick because we're like Republicans or we're Democrats and we're trying to go after a certain party. That's not how reporters work. That's not in the DNA of a good reporter. I love how it says we're as a, you know. Well, I'm a former. I'm a former. We're, we're recovering eat. journalist as we always Recovering. Are. I do a lot of, of crime reporting, you know, in, in the courts, and I talk to prosecutors all the time, and I talk to defense lawyers all the time, and I'm very, I, I come out to both of them, and I say, look, my my job is to, I, I work both sides of the street. I ask, you know, I I I ask questions for, from you. And I ask questions from, from the other side. And, you know, you both know that I'm looking for you to share information with me that I can report. And what, whichever side it's going to be on, I'm going to report. I'm not going to not report something because I don't, you know, because I want the defendant to get off scot-free. I'm not going to, you know, I, I would 
I wouldn't not report that if the if the defense you know leaks me some good some good information. I'm going to regardless of the information I get, I'm going to try to report on it accurately, and I'm going to try to to report on it in context and you know, what it means and uh, you know where it how it affects you know, the criminal trial or, or, you know, or an investigation. And I think that I've been at this long enough so that both sides feel comfortable that even though I'm going to report, there's going to be times when I report negatively about their side, they know that I'm going to report accurately about what I'm learning. And so when I'm gonna when I'm gonna be doing a, a story that, that casts somebody in a negative light, and this, you know, I think that this is important for, for you guys, you know, in, in in representing your your clients, I'm gonna ask a whole bunch of questions so that I can understand how mistakes could have been made how, you know, what happened, what the extenuating circumstances might have been. And I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm taking, if you're willing to share with me the details of how something went wrong, I'm going to ask enough questions so that I can, you know, I'm going to get a sense from you whether you believe that, that mistakes were honestly made. You know that that happens in in this world. There are there are things that 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 happen that that you know things things don't work out the right way. And if I ask enough questions and you're willing to share with me enough information, then I can put things into into perspective. And you know that's I think that works out well for both of us because I because I think the public does. You know, the, the, the problem you run into is when you don't provide enough information and the reporter or and the public on social media is, you know, is slamming and, and, and uh, you know, and ripping you on, you know, for, for what your motives must be. But tell me, you know, tell me what happened and trust me enough to to understand what happened and i'll try to tell that in a measured way because you're just trying to get to the truth is what you're trying to get to y- yeah that's it I, I that that i think that helps everybody even yeah. in even in the worst even in the worst cases even if you know even in, in the cases of you know of a of a violent crime tell me about you know tell me what happened and I'll try to tell the story in, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, with, with enough benefit of the doubt to, to at least understand how something could happen. You mentioned leaks, and I was just about to ask you about them. And, and uh, give us some insight, insight into how they work. And, I mean, you said, you know, you, you sometimes get material leaked to you from the defense attorneys. And, I mean, there, there's a whole course that needs to be taught on how to balance leaks and how to work with them and how not to, you know, I mean, you, once you start 
on one side, you got to go to the other side. It, it's a whole, it's a whole process. Well, you're right. Leaks. When somebody leaks something to you, a leak is, you know, it's like, it's like an off the record comment. Somebody wants you to know some information, but they're, but they don't want their name to be associated with it. They don't want the person who's complaining about you the most publicly. Right, right. But, and that may be because of, of where things are in the process. They, you know, I mean, they, they, if somebody provides some information to me anonymously or off the record, I, I have to verify the information and not quote that person. Sometimes that person is leaking the information to me because they are trying to get at the, the other person. They are trying to do the other person wrong. And my job is to, is to take that into consideration. A person who's, who's leaking something has something to gain. And sometimes what that person has to gain makes what they're willing to share with me too unreliable, too biased for me to tell, you know, for me to, for me to pass along. Sometimes they, they, they leak something to me because it's too early for them to, to admit something. And, you know, leaking something to me might be essentially a, a trial balloon, a, a chance to have a hopefully trusted reporter report something and to soften the eventual blow when a, a negative story is finally made public. And that is part of, you know, I, I understand that when somebody leaks me that, that somebody is going to plead guilty in a case, that's part of that is because they want the public to know that the per that the person is going to admit guilt and there might even and and you know a plea bargain involves some negotiation and that might that might take a certain penalty off the table and for the people who are you know who are on social media clamoring for you know clamoring for people you know for justice and for you know for retribution and and all those things that that are not based on fact but are based just on emotion allowing me to report something exclusively can pave the way can 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 lower expectations that that the you know that the retribution that they're hoping for will come. And that is part of my job. And, you know, and, and as long as I report the agreement accurately, then I am willing to, to, you know, to do that. Uh, people, I, I don't know if, you know, everyone realizes the impact that uh, WTOP radio has on the on news coverage. Because you guys, uh, everybody listens to you, and there's a lot of news people in this town working who listen to you, and then you get an exclusive, and then they run with it. <laughs> it's often the case, which is, I, I can't tell you how many times we got called from from networks who say, "Oh, I heard your client on TOP. Can they do an interview 
with us. Or when we worked in TV in DC, hey, TOP has this, go chase it down, do a longer story on it. Okay. <laughs> well, that is, you know, that's the the good and the bad of the of the thing. I, you know, I think that in radio, you you do have some of the advantages over TV in that you don't, you know, I only have thirty five seconds to tell a story on the air, and I don't need pictures. So all I need is five sentences of news for a 35-second report. So I think that's, you know, and, and it's easy for me to put a 35-second report together. So I think that's part of the reason why, why news radio is, is a good place to break news. You know, you, you need a little bit of, uh, you know, a, a couple of little nuggets to advance a story. And that's, you know, and that's breaking news. And the expectation is that, that TV stations and, and newspapers may follow up and, and do the story a little bit later. If they're nice, they'll, they'll say as first reported by WTOP. But Are you ever also, tempted to call them up and say, hey, give us the credit? You ever? You oh, of course, of course. When, 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 when you know, on, on Twitter, I've. I don't do it all the time, but there's certainly, you know, there've been times where I've said, you know, when somebody has tweeted, you know, breaking on channel XYZ, I will respond on Twitter, you know, after hearing it on WTOP, yes. right? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't need to do that all the time. Neil, you've worked at WTOP since 1997, and that's, that's long. A lot of reporters and, and journalists don't stay. I guess it's not long for TOP because TOP, I think, WTOP, Powerhouse News, one of the biggest stations, I think, in the country when it comes to news and, and listeners. So it may not be as historic for like WTOP because you guys see, seem to have people longevity there. But, but why do you stay in radio? Why do you stay in DC? Is it just is it just the thrill of the you know the storytelling and there's so much good news to tell here? Oh well, my my wife uh, wishes that I would have done TV and and you know made more money. She wishes that I would that I would change my profession, but I tell her that I love my job and I look forward to going to work every day. You know, over time I'm getting better at it. And I, you know, I, I, I haven't, I certainly haven't perfected it yet. So there, you know, there's room for me to, to grow. I think, you know, I mean, joking aside, you know, there is, you know, there, there comes some, uh, some seniority. There comes some some benefits with with be with being around for a while, uh, being in the same place for a while. I think you know maybe maybe news sources tend to trust you a little bit more over time, and I think that working for TOP, it is a a well established vehicle for breaking news. And, and it is a, you know, I think newsmakers and their public relations people know that it's a, a valuable place to, to, to break news. And oh, yeah, uh, I can't agree with you more. No. Yeah. So, you know, so I, I I'm, I'm glad, you know, I, I used to, I used to be envious of, of people who worked for the post because, you know, leaks and, and exclusives would always come that, you know, that way. I think that over time, 
I have learned a little bit more about how I can convince somebody to share something with me first because because I can give it the 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 timeliness and the 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 constraints of radio are you know can be used to an advantage for a newsmaker whereas the you know the post would be you know would do this much you know if if I do a story that's this much and by the way, I forgot that I'm just on the radio. On the radio, and I was saying I could make a a small, I could report a, a small story rather than a large, expansive story, and that might work to to a newsmaker's advantage. So, but what do the, the kids say to you when when they hear you on the radio? I mean, the kids, uh, you know, it's funny. The uh, my kids, like you know, when we go out to to eat and 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 I order ice cream or something like that, and in, in the rare times that, that that somebody recognizes my voice and says, "Aren't you on on WTOP?" My kids are always amazed that that somebody that somebody has heard of me. I was going to ask you that. Your voice is so distinctive that there's no way that you don't get recognized so much from your voice. Well, I, you know. It happens. It happens in 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 strange times, in strange locations. I uh, I was making a I was making a, an appointment recently for uh, for a colonoscopy, and the <laughs> that's and where the, you want to be recognized. The the person between the person who who took who took the call and made the appointment, and and, and you know to her credit, when she went, yeah, you know, when she was signing off. She said, Oh, I, I listen to you all the time on, on WTOP <laughs> to, to that person. The person, when I checked into the hospital for the colonoscopy, they all, the, 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 the nurse who was doing the prep, they were all, they were all listeners. I, <laughs> great. Right. It's very good well, to, you know, I'm glad to know that, that, that people are listening. Hey, well, first of all, you're given a good PSA for getting colonoscopy yeah. checked. And second of all, maybe they'll make sure, you know, we don't want to be on the news for Neil Augenstein saying, <laughs> oh, my God, I got a really bad colonoscopy. <laughs> they always said they always said, yeah, Neil had an ass for radio. So, uh. <laughs> so Neil, you've covered, you know, a, a variety of stories from features to hard breaking news in your career. And you talk, you know, doing a lot of crime and stuff. Is there is there a beat that you prefer or are there stories that you kind of pivot to that you'd rather cover? Or do you just like, you know, like the breaking, like, you know, being in the action or, you know, do you, do you have a preference? I guess over time it has changed. When I started in the, in the business, I liked to do a whole lot of man on the street interviews where you interview people and the, the sound, you know, of their voices was, was what made the reports. Ten or ten years ago or so, I was the the tech editor of WTLP when we were when we were, and I learned a lot about uh, social media and you know and, and consumer technology, and then after that, I I got tired of that a bit, and I liked doing crime and and hard news, and so I I really do think that having a variety of those things and being able to shift quickly from one to the other, depending upon what's in the news or what people are going to be talking about that day. 
So I, I, I like the, the flexibility of not having so specific a beat that I'm limited to, to one thing. I, I like having the opportunity to, to do a 40 minute, I mean, a 40 second report on something and then moving on to the next story. And, uh, you know, how so many I of those become, do you do a day? How many? Uh, yeah. When I, when I come on in the morning, in the morning, I make my first phone call to the editor at, uh, at four 30 in the morning. I, I, the expectation is that I'll have a story on the air in by the 6 a.m. hour. I'll do a, t- a couple of versions of, of that story that will run until maybe 10 o'clock or noon. And then I'll have another couple, you know, then I'll have a, a, a second story that will be on the air for the afternoon, a recorded version that will be on the air there. That being said, I'm constantly looking down the road and I'm throwing out some, you know, some, some feelers to people. And there's a lot of stories that I will cover when it finally comes into me. So the kind of stories that may, you know, may take a couple of days to pull together, you know, I can always expect to get a, a pitch from a, from a public relations person. Are there anybody uh, besides us? No, it's not allowed. <laughs> I, I sometimes get them, but you guys, you know, have figured out the way to pitch in a way that if you can spark me to the idea of being able to do something, you you know that I am so busy that if you can help me put that story together by the you know in the next half hour or hour before I have to move on to my next thing, then, then I will eventually get your story on the air and you, know, you, you help me get the elements to be able to tell that story. But also probably, I mean, we, we try to look at everything as, uh, as former reporters that so we wouldn't even come to you. You know, PR people should know not to even come to reporters unless it's a true story, you know, and, and you have all the elements. Do you, do you remember any of the but, big... But we're not waking up at 4 a.m. to... No, we're not. Well, you. maybe we should be. That, um, that would be a good idea. Like, dude, I got, I got an interview. I got... Yeah, I got, maybe that's our best time to get a, a hold of Neil at 4 a.m. <laughs> um, but there's been so many incredible stories in D.C. from, you know, the Snipers, Chandra Levy, 9-11, every political scandal under the sun. Is there any story that either haunts you that you can't, or, or like stories that you were super proud of your work or just stories that stand out that you cover so many stories in a day and you're probably working at least a half a dozen stories at any given moment. Are there things that really stand out to you over your career in the Washington DC area? You know, it, it's funny. It's not, it's not really funny, but it, you know, I, I I've covered, you know, you mentioned the, the sniper stories. Obviously, those were totally, totally in, in, engrossing and scary. And they were happening at, at the time and people were, were in fear. And, you know, they were, it was dramatic. And so there were you know, these constant bad news stories to tell. But part of the job was to try to keep things in perspective. And, you know, that, that obviously was, was one of the, the most difficult stories to tell because it went on for, I think, 21 days. And it was 
very scary and you know scary for for me you know for my you know for people i know and and certainly for 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 listeners so in cases like that i feel like part of my job and it's actually a benefit for me because i don't really in cases like that when it's my job to do something i sort of feel like i'm holding the hand of the listeners. I'm trying to to ask enough questions so I understand what's happening. I, I think that it's important for me to put things into perspective so that I know that, wow, this is really, really bad right now. But, you know, I think that in the same way that a parent would tell a child, you know, things will get better things will get solved. This won't last this way forever. I think that that is part of my job on the radio. And I, I, the, the times when I'm able to go on the air and slow things down and just say, yes, this is what's happening right now in this area, you know, the police and is aware of it. They're, they're, you know, they're working on the situation. And if I can provide that sort of, I hope calm in a, in a difficult situation, I think that, that that's one of the things that I can do. And one of the things that's most important to, to our listeners, you know, I, I will, you know, I promise to get all the details later, but right now, I think that that you know people in their car want to know that, that that they're safe, that their kids are safe, and that uh, you know. So th- that's sort of that's one of the stories that I think has stayed with me and uh, was one of the most challenging for me. So the, yeah, the opposite of the the temptation to hype things up, which yeah, would like a, a public service, more clicks okay. and more you know more listens and. There, there are, there is plenty of that. There was plenty of, of, and you know, I don't want to cast aspersions. I would like to think that all news people, even the the newest news people, would understand that it's important to not hype things up, not add extra fear in a already fear-inducing situation. You know, I, I think that the, the business continues to change. There are a lot of people who didn't go to, to broadcast journalism, you know, didn't get their degrees in broadcast journalism and may not know as much in their soul that it's, you know, the, the reasons why you don't hype bad news just for clicks or just for listeners. You know, I'd like to think that 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 has something to do with with my training, but also I, I you know, I'd, I'd hope my humanity that, you know, that I don't need to be adding more to the world's problems. Do you, if you were to sit back and give journalism a grade or to see, you know, obviously journalism has changed a lot. It's going to continue to change. Social now people are, 
you know, quote journalists. And they, like you said, they didn't go to school. <laughs> They've never been trained. They don't understand sources and, uh, you know, all the things that we were taught as journalists and how to really cover the news. And then, and then you've got all the public who weighs in and decided that the media is just, you know, a big, you know, we're in bed with the corporations or the, or the pharmaceutical companies talking about vaccines. And, you know, there's just so much negativity about, you know, shoot the messenger times, you know, times 10,000. How do you, you know, and I'm sure this is on every journalist's mind, you know, thinking about wow, we're seen as, you know, the enemy of the states and uh, so on and so forth. What do you think that as a collective, we need to think about uh, figuring out how to change journalism at all? Or do we need to figure out how, you know, should we start get making forcing people to get certifications? Or I don't even know to make sure these are the reporters who actually, you know, have been certified at, you know, like doctors, well, well they got a degree, you know, uh, how do we try to give journalism, you know, understand that media is the fourth estate without journalism, you know, there's going to be so much more corruption, there's the small papers dying. And then, you know, that's where corruption breeds when there's no sunlight on it. What's that? Is there a quick fix? Is this a long term fix? Like, what, you know, this must I be think the on fix your is mind. shorter than your question, Kathy. I yeah, Sorry. I, mean, I I don't know. I don't know that it's important to have certified journalists. I mean, obviously, it's a great question. And there are, you know, obviously, journalists are painted, you know, politicians, especially are, are you know, it, it, politicians and, and others have figured out that that journalists can make good targets in, you know, for, for their, their campaigns, both, you know, the political campaigns, but also sociological campaigns, you know, their, their harangues on, on social media. I think, unfortunately, that a lot of reporters do make things easy for, for them. I think that, that they're, that as quickly as, you know, as, as easily as people can sling arrows at reporters, sadly, there are times when I think reporters are that quick to perpetuate a story without trying to, to understand it deeply enough. And I think that that's, you know, I'm not sure what, I don't think it's, I don't think it's laziness. I think that that the the industry cha- has changed so much that reporters don't have the time, you know, or the you know to to fully investigate a story before before reporting it. I am, you know, I'm glad to have to to work at a place where I can say, you know, I. I know that that it's a story where we're reading the the you know we're we're hearing the story. It's huge on social media, but I don't think that is reflective of what the reality is. And uh, thankfully, I work at a place where they give me enough latitude to uh, to investigate that. I think you know a, a good example of that is that you know Loudoun County, Virginia, which has been been the focus of you know of uh, 
the, the school system there has been the subject of, of investigation. It's currently the, the, the subject of a special grand jury investigation. It was part of how Governor Glenn Youngkin got elected. The outrage of, of parents at, at what's happening in schools. And the my reporting on that has been somewhat different than the other reporting on that because the a lot of the reporting has taken as an assumption that there's been wrongdoing or malfeasance and and uh, things like that and i as a reporter have not seen that i've seen mistakes i've seen things that could have been done better i've seen you know gaffes i've seen clumsy handling of things. But to my way of thinking, that does not manifest the intent that is needed to to say that somebody is wrong or something somebody lied or somebody covered up. Those, you know, those those phrases cover up and lie, those require intent. Right? It's not a mistake. It's not a misspeak. So while a lot of other reporters and politicians are are saying, you know, lies and cover-ups, I'm not saying I'm not saying that. I'm saying mistakes and, and, and you know an investigation ongoing and 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 you know things like that. So I so there are times when I am out of step with my colleagues. And I'd like to think that somewhere down the line people will be able to look back at my work and, and say, you know, he did his best to, to report on the facts and to keep things down the middle and to, to keep things fair, tasteful, in context, with perspective. And to me, that's what a journalist does. And that's what I try to do each day with each story you know, somewhere along the line, I have some fun. And, and, you know, that is part of life. But that is sort of what my job is. And, and I guess it's more than 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 just my job that I get a paycheck from. I think that's sort of the way I see life in that, you know, in the, the kind of the message that I tell my kids about trying their best, being fair, being open, and hopefully the they all intersect you know, somewhere down the road. I think, I think that's a great place to leave things. I think he really summed it up nicely, but I'm not, I got another question. So no, just real quick though, social media, how has that changed your job? You mentioned that, you know, the things show up on social media, but you also, you have to post, you have to write an online story. You have to, do you post before you do your story? Do you, I mean, what's, how do you not, you're so old school. I have to post, I have to do a story. I get, I get to post, I get to do a story. I get to interact with WTOP's listeners around the clock on my Twitter account. Back in the old days, I the only time I would communicate with the audience was was a thirty second report, once an hour. Now I'm total. Now I am available to to listeners 
on Twitter around the clock. <laughs> is, the, is that you know, a good thing? Is that a good that? thing? Is that a good thing? Because that also is hard, I would think, right? Is that hard to manage? Well, reality, no. Here, 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 and here's what I think. You know, and everybody is so so fixated on how many followers you have. If you look at my Twitter account at Augustine WTOP, you'll see that I have that I follow as many people as follow me. I, to me, following somebody on Twitter is like doing a personal appearance in their living room. I have, by, by clicking the, the, the follow that person, I have told that person, what you have to say is of interest to me. I'm here to listen to you. You are always able to talk into my ear. If my hearing aid is working, I will, I will hear it. The, but the, you, are, you are always welcome to reach out to me. The reality is, I, I don't, I'm not reading everybody's post. When somebody asks me on Twitter, I read it. And if it's something that I want to respond to, I will. So, you know, how much of an investment of, of, of time is that? I don't think it's that much of, a, of, of an investment in time, but I think it, it does go a long way to, to that bond with with the listener and, and WTOP's goal is that wherever you are, whenever you want to be in touch with us, you either turn on your car radio, you type online and, and you look at the story or you look at your phone on, on social media and we're there. So I am glad to have the opportunity to communicate with people in all of these different ways. Does it help you with sourcing and tell the story? And like, do you ever like use it to reach out to people? I mean, is it a good tool now to deepen and broaden your journalistic tools, basically? There, there are, are yes, it, it is. I, I certainly, it doesn't necessarily always pay off in a, in a full story, but it, it, does, inc- it does improve my network of, of communications. Somebody who in their private life who happens to follow me if there's something going on in, in their in their agency maybe they'll they'll you know they'll shoot me a, a you know a private message and let me know that that something's going on maybe I should look into it so that's you know that's something I I can do there have been times where I've the people when I've if I've seen smoke over a you know over downtown I've posted does anybody see you know is any you know does anybody over there see that smoke? What, you know, what am I missing? And, uh, you know, you often that will, will provide some, some photos and some information there. So it is a, a, a two-way street. Sometimes I, I get the information. Sometimes I provide the information. I think with, with Twitter and, and with Facebook, I'm able to share a little bit of my private it's not, it's not really my private life. I mean, you know, you want the, the, fact, about the kids and, and, and your, your passion for pizza. Well, yeah, yeah, I'll talk about pizza. If, you know, if there's, so, if there's something that's that, that a parent can relate to, you know, the, in an interaction with my kids, you know, maybe I'll take a picture of the, the kid's shoe and I'll tweet something funny about that. And, and that sort of interaction goes, I think goes a long way to letting people know that I'm, you know, 
I'm a person who just happens to be a, a reporter who asks a lot of questions, but you know, I, I also have my own life and my own, my, my own kids and, 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 you know, and, and, you know, what happens at the, the barbecue can sometimes be funny. What happens, you know, I'm always glad to, to poke a little fun at myself. I think that that goes a long way towards building, building a bond. And so I, I find, I, I, I love, I love Twitter. I, I love social media. I, you know, I, I never made that proclamation so, so dramatically as, as wow. I have just on your show right now. Wow. But we I, we I, have an exclusive way. We're breaking in. Hold that, on. That, that yeah, is. Love social media. <laughs> And we're not even hyping it. Right. Just not yet. Telling the truth. We have it from the source himself. So, hey, Neil, thanks it, so much for spending so much time with us. As, as we wrap up, because we don't want to take you, you know, take you away forever. But what, what is there any question or is that we didn't ask you that you wish we would have asked you? Or is there anything that you think people need to know about journalism that you think that there's a mystery out there that people just don't know? Um, right. uh, I will. I will share something with you, which I think I've probably shared with 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 you over over the years, and with with other public relations people. Don't call me. Don't ever call me on the phone unsolicited. I will hang up. Hopefully, I'll hang up before being rude. I don't have the time to to take a cold call. Please uh, email me text me, email me, don't, don't text me because text me, text dings in my ear and will, will wake me up. Email me. If you, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, if you catch my attention, I'll get right back to you. Be available for when I, when I have a follow-up question for you and help me understand what's, what the story is. And hopefully we'll, we'll work together and, you know, I'll, I'll find something interesting in your, in your pitch that would resonate with, with my listeners. And I'll ask you for a few elements and you'll provide me the storytelling that, that I need. And everyone's, everyone's happy. When you, when you don't return an email, should people just assume that means I'm not interested in, should we ever assume? No, oh, he, he, he sends it. He tells you, he'll tell you that he sent it to other people in the newsroom. <laughs> I, I usually do send If it's something that I think someone else could use, I do send it to, to, to the, my news director and the assignment editor. If it's not something that, that I want to jump on right then, but it's still a pretty good story, then I'll tell you that I'm, that I've forwarded it to somebody. And then that's up to you to, to get in touch with that person. And, and you try again. It's like, it's like a do it's a mulligan that, that you're, you're getting another chance to, to make the pitch to, to somebody else. I can't be bothered with it. I'm very busy. I need a nap. I won't be able to handle <laughs> that story today, but maybe someone else at the, at the newsroom will be able to handle it. I, you know, you're, you're, you're getting close and, and, and somebody, you know, hopefully you can, you can close the deal. When is your napping hours that we should know not to call you? Is it three o'clock? <laughs> one o'clock till one o'clock till three o'clock is when I'm usually recharging. <laughs> recharging. At Augustine WTOP, we are honored to have had you share with us all of this, these insights. You are the TOP reporter at WTOP. 
And if, I, I don't know if you've ever been called that before. Okay. Well, uh, I have not, not, well, not with a straight uh, face, but, yeah. uh, but, <laughs> but thank the you guys for, for all, all that you do to, to help people understand what it is that, that we do and that we can all coexist and, and all be, all be happy and all do well and, and, and all be well. All right. Thank you very much. Go gain schwaff. Go to, go, okay. go to bed. <laughs> go okay. get talk with you guys soon. So it was so great catching up with Neil. He's an amazing journalist. And Mark, you know this because you went to school with him back in the day. Back, back way, you know, uphill in the snow, both ways, blah, blah, blah. Yes. But, you know, it's amazing. First of all, he's up at four in the morning starting his day and he has to have a story on by six. I don't know how you even do that. Because you can't, it's not like you can call people and, and get interviews at four in the morning, but amazing. What, what did he say? Five sentences, 35 seconds. He tells the story. It's amazing. Well, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode after Deadline, the media podcast is a production of On the Bark Media. If you enjoyed and want to hear more of our voices and the stories of incredible journalists across the country, be sure to follow us on social media at On the Mark Media and subscribe to After Deadline, the media podcast anywhere that you normally listen to your podcast. Until next time, we'll catch up with you after Deadline. <laughs>